Hey guys, Cam here with We Need Jesus Podcast. So we're going to talk a little bit about today about why we need Jesus in Christmas. I feel like a lot of times nowadays the true meaning of Christmas gets kind of lost in the midst of gifts, time off at work or school, uh, just kind of the everyday time of the season. It kind of gets hectic running around doing different things with family and things like that but i feel like we really need to get back to the roots of why we need jesus in christmas so i have one question why do you think we need jesus in christmas again why has jesus been removed from christmas and actually all everyday life what would have happened if jesus was born during this day and age would he be greeted with open arms or would he fall subject to cancel culture and then ultimately we must never forget the real reason for the season we call jesus our call christmas so i'm excited for you guys to be here today we're going to dive into the word of god and we're going to have a good conversation about why we need jesus in christmas again see you soon welcome back hey guys so the first segment we're going to talk about today is the why we need jesus in christmas again you know as i look back in life you know i ask myself how has christ been removed in christmas and how how's that affected um the season around us i remember growing up uh, i'm in my 30s but i remember growing up and people saying merry christmas and that was just like the normal thing it was merry christmas um it wasn't until probably as I got older that the term Merry Christmas turned into Happy Holidays because it was not politically, it was not social, socially accurate to be able to say Merry Christmas. Uh, we, The industry from all kinds of different areas, from restaurants to stores, nobody wanted to rock the boat. And saying Merry Christmas would offend somebody because it says Christ in the saying. So that's when everything switched to happy holidays, which between you and me is kind of, uh, it's it's disrespectful to the true meaning of Christmas, which is Christ. Um, a lot of times during this time frame, Santa Claus is brought up. And, you know, my kids, we, we still, we do Santa Claus. Santa Claus comes in and sees them. Um, You know, we give him gifts, but Santa Claus gives him gifts. But ultimately, we want to drive home with the real meaning as to why Christmas is so important. And it's not Santa Claus. It's not gifts. It comes down specifically to Christ. Christ's birth, his birth into this world to be the atoning gift so that we could have eternal life through his resurrection and death on Easter. So I noticed a shift in my time frame, because I've worked in a lot of retail, and um, I, there's been many times where I was told not to say Merry Christmas. There was times where Merry Christmas, if it was brought up, it could be something that could put you on a disciplinary action plan uh, because you are going against the wishes of the company. But I think ultimately what what we're running into is, is there's been a shift in not just Christmas, but just in everyday life with people. And God is not something that's brought up. It's not really talked about. 
Um, even amongst Christians, God is, is something that, you know, you only have, but you don't bring it up to anyone else unless you go to church or things like that. But ultimately, Christ being in Christmas is not just on the 25th of December. It's 365 days a year. It's a, it's a, it's a lifestyle. It's having God in your heart, and he's changed your life. But I noticed this year most the, the paradigm shift in regards to people's alignment in, Chris, in Christmas, and that was with the supply chain shortages. Um, people were worried about getting things in on time. And, I, and you know, I, I've fallen subject to it, and I know a lot of people have, where we've ordered something and it might be delayed or whatever it may be. But ultimately, we have to come to the conclusion that, you know, a gift is a gift. That's great. But the gift that we truly have that needs to be given is our salvation in Christ. It is the gift that God has given us through his death, but it ultimately couldn't be done unless we had his birth. And, you know, looking at, looking at today's, today and age, and I, I firmly believe it's in my generation, I'm a millennial, that there has been a shift in acceptance of everything, that there is no moral compass. Um, you know, when you, when you have Christ or when you have Jesus in your heart, you know, you have a moral compass that you follow, and that's a governance over the Holy Spirit in your life. But I, I've noticed more that, you know, everybody is just to be socially accepting of whatever you believe, who you believe in, and everything is perfectly fine. But ultimately, that's spoken about in prophecy about the great falling away, and that's what we're seeing right now is the falling away of people from Christ into Christianity into their own basic beliefs in regards to what they feel is acceptable spiritually. So this falling away, and, and ultimately, it comes down to we're selfish people. We have everything at our fingertips. Um, we feel like we don't need a God. We don't need Christ. Uh, you know, that's, and that's where the gifts have kind of surpassed the need of the ultimate gift, but to be able to have things. And so it, it comes down to being selfish. And, you know, we all, fall, we all fall prey to that at times where we do have selfishness that comes in. But ultimately, we need Christ again in Christmas because Christmas is slowly fading away and losing its meaning. And we need Christ because ultimately we wouldn't have Christmas if we did not have Christ. And if it wasn't for his birth, we would not have Christmas. So we, we need to get back on the bandwagon on bringing Christ back into Christmas. Whether or not that is teaching your kids what the nativity looked like, what it was like for Joseph and Mary at the time of Jesus' birth, or whether or not it is to be a representation of somebody saying Merry Christmas because you truly want them to have a Merry Christ must season. Must Christ, more Christ. Like that's what we that's what we want, that's what we need. Maybe that's what that is. Maybe you give a, a generosity. Maybe it is you give back. Uh, you donate your time. You know, the company that I work for, we, we volunteered at a local community outreach center. Uh, we made raised bed gardens and things of that nature to be able for the community to produce their own food and to give back to people that need it so that they can take that hand and get pulled up back onto their feet. And, you know, we're called to be the hands and feet of God. And it talks about an Isaiah that, you know, at our salvation, that he pulls us out of the muck and the mire and dusts us off. And that's what we do at our generosity and our giving is that we're, 
we're pulling people up through the provision of God, through the gifts he's given us, to be able to set them on a firm ground to give them a direction. So just remember, we need Jesus, we need Jesus in Christmas again, but ultimately our hearts have to be in the right spot in order to have Christ back in Christmas. So we've got a lot to talk about today. I'm super excited. But what we are going to go on to next is what would happen if Jesus would have been born today? Would he be canceled? Would he be praised? We'll find out. All right. So we're talking about why we need Jesus in Christmas again. So today we're going to talk a little bit about of why, what would happen if Jesus was born today. You know, when you look at the story of Christ and everything that transpired during that time frame, you know, it makes me wonder if that were to occur today, would people open him, accept him with open arms, or would he fall privy to the cancel culture of our, of our day and age? So ultimately looking at it, like what would happen today, we have to understand what the Bible talks about in regards to Christ and his birth. And nothing more that can, that can ever depict what happened hundreds of years prior to Christ's birth is through prophecy. And in Isaiah, it talks about his birth, and it talks about his birth into into Christ uh, into this world it talks about you know where he's going to be born at uh it, it's just there's prophecy fulfilled at the at the birth of Christ and it talks about in Isaiah 9 verse 6 it says for a child is born to us as son is given to us the government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called wonderful counselor mighty god everlasting father prince of peace so at that birth, at that time of his birth, Christ donned physical human abilities while having spiritual power, even as a child. And it says in verse 6 in Isaiah 9, it says that the government will rest on his shoulders. So everything will be ran through this, through this Messiah. Everything will be ran through it. And it paints a great picture of who the Messiah is going to be. And he's a wonderful counselor. He's a mighty God. He's an everlasting father. He's a prince of peace. When I read those things, when I read wonderful counselor, I think that he is a God of just discernment, that he brings discernment. In the midst of turmoil, he brings discernment. He's a mighty God that there's nothing that can stop him. His everlasting father, that he's a father at your birth and a father in your death and a father in eternity. That he doesn't stop. He gives and gives and gives and pours and pours and pours into you. And he's the prince of peace. That he brings peace beyond understanding. That he brings peace in turmoil. That he brings peace in the wilderness. That he brings peace in the good times. And he brings peace in the bad times. That is what they're talking about in Isaiah. And if you haven't read Isaiah 9, it is literally... A prof, a prophetic word of at the top of it. It's called the hope of the the hope in the Messiah. So like it talks about everything about the Messiah. And in my subtext down at the bottom, 
it reads, God is the one whom we can turn for deep healing and restoration. He's the counselor who can help us sort through our inner mess and guide us into our inner truth and reality. He is the mighty God who can supply us with power we need to follow his path for life. He's an everlasting father who can love us more deeply than any earthly father can. He's the prince of peace who can fill our minds with peace and over our lives with wholeness. So reading that and seeing that, I, I sit there and I, I and the Holy Spirit just starts poking things, popping things in my in my mind. But how often do we see people who don't have a father or they go through the midst of turmoil and they and they can't they can't understand it? Or the fact that we struggle with a suicide rate that is so high because of depression and anxiety. And I submit to you today that the reason why the world is struggling with these things, yes, we have an adversary. Yes, we have, we have someone that we are fighting against spiritually in, in the form of Satan. But ultimately, it comes down to the fact that we don't have Christ at the center of our lives. That we don't have Christ at the center of our communities and our culture. We don't have Christ. Christ is looked down upon. So I look at prophecy being fulfilled in Isaiah, and I think about God being born, his son being born during this time frame, and he would not be accepted. He would be he would fall to cancel culture. He would fall short to the expectations of this world because we are an instant gratification, and God is an instant, he's not an instant gratification God. He's a God of relationship. So with relationship, there comes time for healing. There comes time for mending. There comes time for that relationship building. You know, you don't just be, find a friend and all of a sudden now you are best friends for the rest of your life. No, it's something that's grown. It's matured. And in our relationship, in our world, we don't want someone telling us that there's a moral compass, that what we're doing is wrong, that we're living in sin. We want to be able to live the life that we want to live on our terms. And God is not saying that you can't live it on your terms. He wants to be a part of it every step of the way. So yes, Jesus would fall short. He would come up short in this day and age. He would fall privy to the cancel culture because he's not politically correct. He's not culturally correct. He's not socially correct. He is against the norm on everything that we, as a selfish humanity, demands. And it's sad, because people nowadays don't feel the need for a Savior. They make their own destiny, and they find their own Savior. It's just sad that we've come to this point in our relationships in God, and in this, in this age of life, that we... We, we just, we don't need a God. You know, that's why he's been removed from schools and from Capitol Hill. That's why the Ten Commandments are being taken down. That's why nobody prays in schools anymore. It's because it offends people because it brings conviction. And people don't like conviction because when it cuts deep the most, we, we, don't, we want to self-help. We, we don't want it cutting deep. We want to be able to go through this life on our own terms. The culture that we live in, people's moral compass is off. 
Um, in Revelation, it talks about that in, in the end times, that people will confuse on what is right. And people will see what is right is wrong and what wrong is right. And we're, we're, we're experiencing that right now in regards to the Roe versus Wade conversation about abortion. We're seeing it every single day in regards to our day, our everyday life. That the in the forefront, God is not even on the stove. He's not even on the back burner. He's still in the cupboard. Nobody wants to put him to the forefront. And I'm not talking about, you know, believers, because I, I believe there are believers that truly want God to be a representation of who they are. But what I'm talking about is as as a whole, as a perception, if I was a country looking into the United States, would I say that that is one nation under God? Or would I say that that is a lost generation, a lost nation? And unfortunately, I feel that if I was that country, I would see it as we are a lost nation. We have no way. We have no direction that we're going. We have no belief system. And that's why we need Christ again in Christmas. That's why we need Christ in our everyday walk. That's why we need Christ in our schools. That's why we need Christ at home. That's why we need Christ in everything that we do. So don't be confused. Don't let the, the devil lie to you about the true meaning of Christmas. It's not gifts. It's not, it's not gingerbread houses, time off from school and work. It is the eternal gift that we get from Christ, and that is through his birth. So why must we never forget the real reason for the season? We're going to talk about that here in a second. So don't forget, the real reason for the season is Christ. We must put Christ back in Christmas. This time of the year is not about gifts or what we can see, receive or time away from work or school or whatever it may be. It is time about reflection of the sacrifices that Mary and Joseph made to usher in the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And that's why we need to remember Christ in Christmas because if we did not have Christ we would not have salvation we would not have a direction we would not have a hope I know in times of trouble God has been there I know that he has been my counselor he's been a prince of peace for me and I know that he's a mighty God and no matter what circumstance you are, are going through today or what issue you, that may arise, you know that you have a God that loves you unconditionally, loves you enough to send his son to this earth to die for your, for your salvation, to die for your sins so that you will not have to be the atoning price for your sin, but that God sent his son to give you life. gave you life through his death and through his birth so let's pray god we just thank you we thank you for your birth in your son jesus 
We thank you, God, that in the midst of all odds, Mary and Joseph chose sacrificing their lives to be able to bring an eternal gift through your son to the world. We thank you, God, that your son endured pain and torture, God, so that I could have eternal life and that we could have eternal life through your salvation. We pray, Lord, that this season of the year, God, would be remembrance of your love to us through your son's gift, or through the gift of your son, Father. We just thank you, God, that you love us, God, that you have not taken your hand off of us, Lord, that you give us a passion and a direction, God, for life, that you give us the opportunities, Lord, and you open doors that shut, that should be shut, God, that you open them. I pray, Lord, that you would just give anybody that listens to this, Lord, that you would give them a just a surreal peace over their life, that you'll give them guidance. I pray, Lord, that if they need a father, Lord, that you are the greatest father and that you are a great counselor, that you can help us with our needs and that no need is too great for you, Father God. God, we love you and we thank you for this season and what it, what it means to us. And we just praise you, God, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Remember, we need Christ back in, in Christmas. We need the Jesus back in, in Christmas. So go about your life. Show the love of Christ to other people. Be the difference. Be the change. And I hope and pray that you all have a Merry Christmas. Thank you for listening. Mm -hmm.